As we lead into Easter, I've picked up this book that we used last year, Irvin Seals' Learn to Live, and it explores all of Jesus' parables from the New Testament. And I was looking over it and I thought, you know what, Larry, you were kind of foolish last year. You actually didn't cover some of your favorite ones. So here we are. <laughs> Today we're actually going to do the Pearl of Great Price, which is one of my favorite parables from the, uh, from the New Testament. And to get us started, I actually found a joke about pearls. So what do you know? I think there's a joke about everything. We'll give this one a try. I will give you a disclosure, though, that the first service thought it was a real stinker. So we'll, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> so waking up on her birthday, a woman turned to her husband with a wistful smile. I just dreamed that you gave me a beautiful pearl necklace for my birthday. What do you think that means? Well, the husband smiled right back at her and said, You'll see tonight, honey. That evening, the husband prepared a lovely meal for his wife to celebrate her birthday. And after dinner, they settled down for conversation. He reached under the sofa, pulled out, and presented her with a small package, lovingly and so beautifully wrapped. She opened it and found a book entitled The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> now see, it's not so bad, is it? <laughs> All right. All right. It was, was kind of bad, wasn't it? All right. So, so on to the real story here, The Pearl of Great Price. This is taken from Matthew 13. And uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. And here is what he says is one of the keys to the kingdom of heaven here on earth. He says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, he sold everything he had, and bought it. All right, well, what I like to do with uh, parables from the Bible is I like to take them on three levels. First, we'll talk briefly about the literal meaning of that, although this one isn't quite so obscure. Some of the ones written a few thousand years ago are a little on the obscured side. Then I like to cover the metaphysical meaning or, or, or the sort of hidden meaning of it. And then last but not least, we're going to apply some of this ancient wisdom to our own lives. So, so first up, the literal meaning. Well, I think we all know what a pearl is. But what would be that pearl of exceeding value? What would be that pearl of high price? Well, I don't think it's the ones that they drill holes through and just string them around your neck, you know? I think they're talking about something more unique here, something more lustrous, something more valuable. And I certainly don't want to downgrade the value of a beautiful pearl necklace. But you know what? The value of pearl necklaces kind of goes up and down with the fashions, right? During the 1930s, for instance, if a young woman did not have a pearl necklace, she didn't get to go to the prom. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was one of those things that every young woman simply had to have. Pearls were in great demand there. Not so much these days. It's probably one of those kind of cyclical things. I mean, it's a nice to have item, but if you talk to young women now about a pearl necklace, it's like, hmm. Uh, you know, we could spend that money any number of different ways and it would be better received. A pearl of great value keeps its worth because it's unique. They're usually large. They usually maybe have a slightly different color, a little more lustrous. They respond to the warmth of your skin. They literally light up. If you've ever seen... 
Wow. <laughs> if you've ever really seen a, like a famous pearl in the same way that, you know, like the Hope Diamond is a famous diamond, if you've really seen a pearl of great worth, it's kind of staggering. It's kind of mesmerizing. And despite what the market on pearls is doing, a pearl of great price is always worth a great price. They're unique, they're magical. The other thing that you probably do know about pearls is simply how they're formed. The pearl, believe it or not, starts out as an irritation in the stomach of an oyster. So, so when a grain of sand or a bit of glass or something gets embedded in an oyster, it is the pearl's attempt to smooth this roughness out that it begins coating this with, with its own, you know, its own internal juices and, and, and its, its layer upon layer of, of this calcium production that goes around this irritation, this blemish, this flaw, if you want, that creates such beauty. Okay, so there's the facts, as they say. That's the literal uh, meaning of the pearl of great price. Let's move on to metaphysical. And I'm going to cut right to the chase. The pearl of great value is you. Now you might tend to think of human beings as somewhat generic. You might tend to think of us as one of that string of pearls. Do you know what I mean? And again, I'm not uh, at all downplaying the value of a group of humans just you know, come as we are with all of our faults, all of our issues. And in fact, it's one of the things I'm kind of proud of is that we love everybody up just as they come in that door. And we mean it absolutely sincerely. But you know what? Jesus here is saying that within each one of us is a pearl of great price. Not just a, not just a collection of people, not just a, a kind of a generic stand-in for humankind. There is within us and as us something much more lustrous, something much more powerful, something beautiful and undeniable and palpable. We are the stuff that stars are made out of. We are something magical and great. We, each one of us, is a pearl of unestimable price. Now, why is it that it doesn't always seem that way? Well, the parable will lead us in the right direction because it says first we have to find the pearl. Now, this seems contradictory, right? If we're the pearl, how can I not find it? <laughs> And yet, I suggest to you that we get messages day in and day out that we're not the pearl. We're told from probably even young ages that, you know, we're not quite good enough in this area, not quite pretty enough in that area. You know, you have a good voice for the choir, which is a, a you know, <laughs> do you know what that means? That when I, when I, I thought I would join... I thought I would join a high school choir, right? And, and they had this little audition. And of course, in my mind, I think I'm going to be the next Rod Stewart because he was kind of popular when I was in, in high school. And I'm thinking, yeah, I could do that cool gravelly voice. And I can't wait to get up there with the microphone. And the choir master said, oh, no, your voice is just fine for the choir. <laughs> and what the message was, and not good enough for anything beyond that, right? Right? <laughs> 
And so I think all of us get these messages as we go through life of not quite good enough. And what it does is it tends to suppress, it tends to hide, it tends to obscure the true, unique pearl that we are. Each one of us has a unique gift to give. Each one of us has that spark of the divine within us that is absolutely undeniable and necessary, necessary, I tell you, for this planet to function with any degree of love and joy. Without a, if a single one of us is caused not to be here, the planet suffers. I don't, know, I don't know how to say it any more straightforward than that. Each of us is a pearl of great price. All right, now the next part of the parable, if it isn't bad enough that we have to find ourselves, and, and I take that to mean we have to truly discover that worth inside We have to really look within and see what is it that makes my heart sing? What is it that I contribute uniquely to this planet? What is it that as essential me, right? I'm going to let go of some of the the fluff and the bother and, and what I've been told and center in on the essential me. I have to figure out what that gift is that I do have. What is that unique luster that's represented by the luster of the pearl that's in me. Okay, that's the finding part. And if that weren't tricky enough, then the parable goes on that says, I have to sell everything to get it. Well, how rotten is that? It's bad enough that I have to do some soul searching, isn't it? It's bad enough that I have to really spend some time and look within, and then it isn't even free i got to sell. Well, you would think it might be if I put that level of effort in, but it's not. The parable goes on to to say we have to really sell everything of value in order to really own this thing. Now, this one is going to take, I think, a little bit more explanation on the metaphysical side because these things that we're having to sell are nothing more and nothing less than our old ideas, our old ways of being, what we're to give away or, or sell or release anyway are the very things that are keeping that pearl hidden within us. It's those thoughts of not good enough. It's those ideas that I'll never really amount to anything. It's those ideas that here in a recession, I just got to tighten my belt and hunker down. It's those feelings of fear that we get when we read the news report of break-ins in our neighborhoods or nuclear power plants in, in Japan. It's those things that we tend to internalize from the external messages around us that leave us in a place of fear and doubt and hopelessness. Those are the things that we have to give up. So maybe that's not such a big loss, But I do tell you, this process can be tricky. Because in a way, it's like the reverse of what an oyster does. An oyster takes an irritant and tries to cover it up, never really getting rid of it, but just adding layer of layer of layer so that the staggering beauty of the pearl, we don't even really notice that grain of impurity and yuck that's right in the very middle of it. And you know what? I think we human beings do the exact opposite. I think we start out with the pearl of great beauty. We start out with that spark of imagination and joy and and love that's undeniable that you see so easily in small children, right? We start out that way and we cover it up. It's as though we take a trowel 
and just reach down in the mud and start, you know, start like we're like we're frosting some frightening cake or something. We just put layer of layer of mud on top of that exquisite gem, gem that is our heart, that is our life, that is our our worth in the world. And with each you know, passing comment that we internalize about the state of the world or, or what's apt to happen to me. And we even do it to ourselves. The other day I was looking in the mirror and of course, naturally, you know, there's a vain part of me that starts noticing a few gray hairs. And I'm thinking, I bet everybody does this. We look in the mirror on that fateful day when we see a few gray hairs and we go, well, I guess the good's over now, right? <laughs> I'm, on the, I'm on the downhill slide, right? You know? I got to tell you, these are messages that we even tell ourselves. And I thought about that the other day, and I thought, wow, I just took a big dollop of mud and just went whap. Because <laughs> it's not the truth. What Jesus in this parable is asking us to give up are the lies. The lies that we tell ourselves the lies that come to us in the form of advertising from the media, the lies in the newspaper, the lies, you know, even from some of our best friends and family members. And they don't mean any harm. They don't mean for us to cover up some of the just unparalleled brilliance that we are. It's not something that's done on purpose to be cruel at all. But it happens. But we do find ourselves, especially when we begin reaching our middle years, it's like we can hardly find the pearl anymore. So let me read to you from this book, just a very short segment here on, on what we have to do. He says, Thus you have to change within yourself, in your thoughts, and in your feelings and attitudes, and even in your outlook about yourself and about other people and all things. This really is giving up everything. You have to give up what you hold now, what you believe to be true now, in exchange for what you want, in exchange for what you can be. The kingdom of heaven is a new kind of mind, and it can only be established by turning over the old ways of thinking. It is the belief of our sense-bound mind that externals are the causes and conditions of our life and our experience. Only when we accept the principles of spiritual causation can we destroy, destroy this whole brood of dark thoughts, emotions, of lack and limitation. So what he's saying is, you know, we have to start seeing with a new pair of eyes. We have to start listening with a new pair of ears. We have to begin sensing our world, not with our outward senses, not listening to the media on the radio, not listening to... <clears throat> what's going on in the newspaper, not listening to those sometimes cruel messages that we hear from other people. Instead, it's our inward heart. It's our inward sense of insight. It's our knowing of the truth about ourselves that can begin clearing away that muck that is absolutely obscuring the brilliance of who we are and what we can bring to this planet. This is the truth of this parable in its metaphysical meaning. And now I want to invite us to go within. Now I invite us to do that third level. And this is 
partially your homework, I would say, for this week, because, you know, what we are in terms of brilliance, our unique gift to give is for us each individually from the bottom of our own hearts and through careful consideration to understand. So we can't really do it as a group, but I'll give you some hints. The biggest hint I can give you is if you look at what you think as the divine qualities of God, love, peace, joy, abundance. When you, when you look on high and think of things like unity of, of beauty, when you, when you think of God in its most pure form, I would guess that the gift you have to give this world lies in that realm somewhere. When we think of the, the pearls of great price in humanity, the names that come to my mind are people like uh, uh, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. There are people like Mahatma Gandhi. There are people like uh, Mother Teresa. There are people like Jesus himself or the Buddha. They are people that bring some of those qualities in their pure and undiminished form into the world. That is what makes them so obviously to everyone a pearl of great value in terms of humanity but the pearl is there in each one of us it is each one of us we simply haven't found it yet we haven't simply done that little bit of work that will tease out maybe maybe knock aside that one little trowel of mud so that we can get a glimmer a clear glimmer even of what it is that we are here to do, what it is that we are here to be, how we are to show up in this much more magnificent way. So your homework this week is to go within, do a little personal work, and find that pearl. I know it's there. It's not even a question of of really finding it in the usual sense because it is there, but it may require a little smoothing away a little diving within, it may require moving aside a little bit of that muck that's built up over the years where people have said you're not just good enough, where people have implied that there's something wrong with you. Well, there's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. The pearl is there. It's always there for you to discover and for you to cultivate. So the only other thing that is required here is that process then of selling everything in order to really embrace the, the pearl. The selling, the giving away, the, the, the release of the old and outmoded ideas that we've come to cling to. And someone at the first service brought up an, an interesting question afterwards. She came up and she said, well, why does it talk about selling these things? Why do I sell all this old junk in order to buy the pearl. Really, these are, are kind of worthless things, right? And I said, oh, but it doesn't feel that way. When we are talking about the things that have built up around us over the years, whether it be pain, whether it be suffering, whether it be disease, whether it be just thoughts of lack and limitation, don't we, in some ways, hold them dear to us? They, they begin being part of our family and who we are. And it is, it is difficult. It can be difficult to get rid of these things. They really must be sold off, I think. We held them dear to us at one time or they wouldn't still be there. They performed a function at one time or they wouldn't be there. We must be bold. We must be fearless. 
We have to sell them off. We have to do whatever is necessary to embrace the truth and the good within us so that we can shine. So that no more just a a pearl and a strand, although that's lovely enough, that is lovely enough. You know, just to be on this planet, just to be part of the human family is lovely enough. To be one pearl of, uh, what are we up to, billions now, is enough. And yet there's so much more. There is so much more. I'm going to conclude with one more reading of this book and a prayer. He says, One has to sell all the false knowledge in order to have enough psychic money to buy the good. And the good is the knowledge of the power of your own mind. It is the pearl of great price, and it converts you to the pearl of great price because it costs all your other opposing beliefs, opinions, and practices. You are worth it. You are worth whatever it takes to become ever more authentically you, powerfully you, lovingly you, joyously you, beautifully you. You are simply worth it. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence in this universe. It is this thing called life. And what I know about life is it is the pearl of all pearls. It is that shininess, that lustrousness that that God gave all humanity in terms of every person, every place, everything, every situation. It is the, the goodness of the fulfilled heart. It is the sweetness of relationships. It is the beautiful spring day. It is all of life. It is God. And God did not stint when God created humans. Each of us is a subset of all of that is God. Each of us is that pearl of great value, such great value. I know it's true for me, and I know it's true for each person in this room, that each day we have a greater ability and willingness to examine ourselves for truly the magnificence that's already there. I know that with each day forward, it's ever easier to give up, to sell off, and to release the thoughts that hold us down and make us feel small. We simply release them now and forever, and I guarantee that there's a possibility that it's easy to do. And I am simply grateful. I'm simply grateful for this message of beauty and purpose. I'm grateful always for the, for the force of God showing up as the people in this room. And so with a lot of love, I release this prayer into the activity and action of the law itself. I know that it's good. I know that life is great. I let it be. And together we say, and so it is. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here today. Thank you.